So, um, hello there. My name is um, Harry, Harry Clayson, and I'd, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me to, um, to share from God's Word and, 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 and for this opportunity. Um, you heard George last week, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you don't think I was worse than George. <laughs> no, but yeah, thank you for this opportunity. I, uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, so today, um, we'll be taking a look at the life of the Apostle Peter, and at one aspect of his life in particular, and that is his, his fall and his restoration. The Apostle Peter, he was, he was a fisherman by trade, and he was then called by the Lord to be one of the Lord's disciples. And, and once Jesus ascended up into heaven, God used Peter mightily, as we, as we read um, in the book of Acts. But though Peter was used by God during Peter's life, whilst our Lord was, um, was still um, on this earth, he denied Jesus. But Jesus, as gracious as he is, he, he forgives and restores Peter. And this is what I'd like to draw your attention to this morning. And from this part of Peter's life, we find, we find both warning and comfort. If you're right and you're walking with the Lord, then you find, we find warning, and that is to be, to be careful and to, and to stay strong and close to the Lord and to avoid, avoid sin. And if we have fallen and we've messed up, then we find comfort that God is gracious and it will restore you. So I'll be speaking from a, um, a few different passages um, this, this morning, so we can get the whole picture of, um, of um, um, the event. So firstly, if you could turn with me to Luke chapter 22, verses 31 to um, 34. That's Luke 22, verses 31 to um, um, 34. And it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me, that you shall deny me three times. And then if you could turn with me to um, verse 54 of the, of the same um, chapter, and I'll be reading to um, verses 62. So that's 54 to 62 of the same chapter. And it says, Then they took him, and that's Jesus. Now Jesus has now been taken from the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. 
And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And then the final passage is in the Gospel of John, and that's chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. So that's John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. And it says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily I say unto you, When you was young, you girded yourself and walked whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This he spoke, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So before we go any further, we'll just come before the Lord in, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have your word and from it we find guidance we find a way of salvation, Lord. We find exhortation, encouragement, and we find rebuke and challenge, Lord. And thank you that we have this, this account, Lord, where, where though Peter fell, Lord, and he, and he denied, he denied you three times, yet you restored him, Lord, and they went on to be used mightily by God. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your love, Lord. And I just pray that as I speak now, Lord, that you help me, Lord, that you give me, give me the words to say, and Pray, Lord, you speak to all of our hearts, Lord, if we're walking with you, O oh God, that you will show us all the importance of guarding our eyes and our ears and staying close to you, Lord, and avoiding sin and temptation, Lord. And if there's anyone in here who maybe is struggling or has fallen or maybe has never knew you, Lord, I just pray that you speak deeply to the hearts today, Lord, and that through it all that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name. So the first thing then I'd like to look at is a passage we read in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 to 34. And here we see that Jesus is with his disciples, and it is what is known as the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper. Jesus has just eaten with his disciples for the last time before he was betrayed. He has just broken bread, and he has gave the cup. And in doing so, he has instituted the Lord's Supper in remembrance of himself. Now Jesus turns to Peter and warns him that Satan has desired, has desired to sift him as wheat. But Jesus has prayed for him 
But upon hearing for this, Peter is overconfident and he says, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. So Peter is basically saying, there's no chance that Satan can have me. I'm willing to do anything for you, Lord. To which Jesus gives him a reality check and tells him the truth. And Jesus says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny, um, deny that thou knowest me. Three times you will deny that you know me. And what a shock this must have, must have been to Peter. Here he is thinking that he's willing to do anything for him, anything for the Lord. And no doubt he was, and he meant it with all his heart. But then Jesus says to him, that you're going to deny me three times tonight. Must have been such a shock. Peter must have thought it was impossible. But as we're going to see, Peter falls and does what he never dreamed of doing. Maybe this was why what happened happened. Because Peter was proud. He was overconfident. He underestimated the power of temptation and sin and Satan. And he overestimated his own ability to avoid, to avoid sin. Jesus tells him of the reality of Satan desiring his downfall, but Peter denies it. And in Mark's account, even after Jesus warns Peter the, third, um, the first time that he would deny him three times, it says that Peter spoke more vehemently, if I, should deny thee, if, I will die, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. So even after the second time, the second warning, Peter's still confident, overconfident, and he begins to be even more certain that it is an impossible thing. And the sad thing is we haven't got to look far in Scripture until we see the reality of God's people being liable to sin and falling further than they ever dreamed. Look at the life of King David. Here's a man that was used mightily by God in the deliverance of Israel, who was filled with God's Spirit, chosen and anointed by God, wrote the Psalms, and yet he fell into such a sin that he committed adultery, had an, 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 um, um, an um, illegitimate child, and then had the, had the husband of the, of the wife, of the woman, killed. King Saul went to see a witch and ended up dying of suicide. King Solomon turned to the worship of false gods, and despite building the temple of the true living God and being so blessed by him, he became an apostate. Everything in Scripture is there for our learning, and let these be examples for us. Let these examples be warnings. Never let us think that we are immune from falling. Let us think, never let us think that all is okay and, and, and that we won't fall. And never let us forget that we are in a battle. Why do you think the Apostle Paul said, Wherefore, let him think, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he, lest he fall. Because sin is a real danger. Why did Jesus say, watch and pray? For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Because sin is a danger, and we are in a battle. If you're walking with the Lord, then praise God. But take heed, lest you fall. We see up and down our land and beyond. Saints who have fallen so far, it causes us to grieve over such a person. And never let us think that we are immune. If we have sin in our life, then we must repent and turn from it and turn to the Lord. But if we are right with God and we're seeking to do his will, then we must be careful. We must not put ourselves into situations where it is possible to fall. If it's the computer, the internet, then chuck it out, get rid of it. If it's a certain person, then stay away from them. If it's the pub or the bookies, the betting shop, then walk a different way. 
and avoid it at every cost. We must guard our eyes, our ears, and our mind. Because if we let things in that can corrupt and tempt us, then before we know it, we will fall. It's not an if, it's a when. You know, the devil is seeking our downfall and will deploy every way possible to achieve it. And that's why the Apostle Peter, in his epistle, after he's experienced such a fall, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, the devil is out to get God's children. We must stay close to the Lord by praying and reading his word. We must fill our minds with things that are true and lovely and pure and are of God. We must take steps to be careful and cautious lest we fall. As the Apostle Peter did, as we are about to see. So we've seen Peter's warning from the Lord and his overconfidence. And now we'll take a look at his fall. And this is found in the same chapter of Luke, um, verses 54 to 62. And, and here and we're now up to the point now where, where Jesus has been betrayed by Judas Iscariot and he's before the high priest and, and Peter has followed from afar off and he's, and he's looking on from a distance. And this is where Peter's fall comes. And we, we see from other gospel accounts that, that Jesus is, is slapped and mocked by the, by the guards. And no doubt Peter, Peter is full of fear and he's, and he's feeling that it's all over. And he's then noticed by three separate people as he's warming, warming himself by the fire in the courtyard. And each, each time, he denies that he knows the Lord. And in, in the other gospel accounts, it says that he denied him with an oath and with swearing. You know, Peter really messed up. He, 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 he well and truly fell. He went from being one of the leading apostles to, to denying the Lord who came to die for him. So Peter's sin was that he lied and denied the Lord. And Jesus said, Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before the Father, before my Father, which is in heaven. And that's how bad this sin is that Peter had committed. That unless there is repentance, someone who has done such a thing will be de denied entrance into heaven and will alternatively go to hell. Because that's where sin leads. It leads to everlasting destruction. God's word tells us that the wages of sin is death, eternal death. And numerous times in God's word we find a number of, of sins listed and then at the end, we are told that those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We must not think lightly upon sin because sin is not a light thing. Sin is so bad that the Puritan Thomas Watson rightly says, he says, sin has a devil for its father, shame for its companion, and death for its wages. Sin is so bad that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die in order to save us from our sin. Sin must be punished. The Bible is very clear. And we have two options. One is we can take the punishment for ourselves in the place the Bible calls hell, which is everlasting and eternal, and you know there's no way out, and it's or we can put our trust in Jesus, who took the price, who paid the price and took our punishment for us upon the cross, which is no doubt what the Apostle Peter did, which we're about to see. You know. The fact is, we have all sinned against God, and we all fall short, and like Peter, we all make mistakes. But what makes a difference is whether we do what Peter does next or not. Notice the text says that once Peter had denied the Lord, Jesus turned and looked at him. Jesus knew that Peter had denied him and sinned against him, 
And that look must have pierced through Peter's heart. Imagine the guilt and the shame he must have felt as Jesus turned to look upon his disciple, his friend with whom he had spent so much time. The text says, Peter remembered how Jesus had said he would deny him, and he wept bitterly. So once Jesus denied, so once, sorry, so once Peter denied Jesus, Jesus looked at him, and Peter realizes that he sinned against the one he loves, and remembers how Jesus had told him that he would do so. He began to sob uncontrollably. He began to weep bitterly. Straight away, Peter showed signs of remorse and of repentance, as he's brought to tears because of his sin. Repentance is vital. In order to be forgiven, there must be repentance. And without true, heartfelt repentance, there is no forgiveness. Repentance is so important that the great commentator, Matthew Henry, he, he once said that some people do not like to hear much of repentance. But I think it is so necessary that if I should die in the pulpit, I would, die, I would desire to die preaching repentance. And if out of the pulpit... I would desire to die practicing it. In order to be saved, there must be repentance. And once we are saved, we must lead a life of repentance. We have all sinned, so we all need to repent. Whether we're saved or not, whether we sin by thought, by deed, by word, we must repent. Just like when Peter denied our Lord, he knew what Peter had done, and that's why he turned to look upon Peter. And just like that, he knows when we sin against him. Nothing is hidden from God. God is all-knowing, all-seeing. Nothing is hidden from God. Even our thoughts and desires of the heart. No one knows about. Sorry, even the thoughts and desires of the heart which no one knows about, God knows. God's word tells us that he will bring into judgment every secret thing. There's nothing hidden from God. You know, we can, we can smile and we can put on, a, put on a show, but, you know, God knows everything. God knows. Repentance isn't just confessing sin and continuing to do the same thing, but it's a total turning away from our sin. It's saying to God, I'm not going to do this sinning business anymore, and you flee from every sin. J.R. Packer describes repentance as this. He says, repentance is more than just sorrow for the past. Repentance is a change of mind and heart, a new life of denying self and serving the Saviour as King in self's place. Repentance is so important that Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, verse 3, that except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. King David showed us what repentance must be like in the, in the great psalm of repentance that he wrote, Psalm 51. He says, A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. Repentance must be heartfelt, it must be broken. And the Apostle Paul show, shows us the results of repentance. He says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, he says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Repentance leads to salvation. God will forgive us through faith in Jesus Christ, but there must be repentance. So we have seen Peter's overconfidence, his fall, and his repentance. And now finally, I'd like to look at his restoration, which is found in John's Gospel, which I'll read again. It's um, John chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. 
So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. So at this point, Jesus has been crucified and he's risen from the dead. He's appeared to the disciples twice already and now this is the third time that he appears to them. So Peter decides to go fishing with his disciples. Well, he decides to go fishing and some of the disciples decide to go with him. And it is whilst they're out at sea that the, the Lord appears to them at the seashore. And, and once Jesus tells them to, to cast their nets onto the right hand of the boat and they catch 153 sheep, um, 153 fish, sorry. <laughs> then they realise that it's the Lord and Peter jumps out and, 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 um, and swims to shore. That would have been a miracle, wouldn't it, if they caught sheep in the, in, in the sea. And, and this is where Peter's restoration happens. Jesus says to Peter three times, Lovest thou me more than these? To which Peter replies three times, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. To which Jesus says, Feed my sheep. By the third time, Peter is grieved and says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Such was the love that Peter had for Christ. That he said to Jesus, you know that I love you. He knew that Jesus knew that he loved him. So here we see the gracious restoration of the Apostle Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times, and three times Jesus restores him. Jesus doesn't just forgive Peter, but he fully restores him. He recommissions him and restores him to the, um, the ministry of an apostle. Jesus doesn't just partially restore Peter, but completely. Such is the love of Jesus. After Peter's restoration, we go on to read in the book of Acts that, that, that he, went to perform, he went on to perform miracles. He, he preached on one occasion and, and thousands were converted. You know, God fully restored Peter. How great is God's faithfulness. And though we as human beings let him down and sin against him, Yet he remains faithful, and when we repent, he's there with open arms. Because of his love, despite Jesus feeling hurt and betrayed, he forgives Peter. And we see a much greater glimpse of Christ's love in what he did on the cross. As this wasn't just one person that Jesus was willing to forgive and to die for, but this was for the sins of the whole world. Jesus isn't just willing to forgive and restore Peter, but he's willing to forgive and restore anybody who puts their trust in him. Romans 5 verse 8 says, For God commends his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst we were denying Christ with our words and our actions, Christ died for us. How much more is he willing to save us if we're not saved and restore us if we've fallen? You know, when we allow sin in our lives, we slowly get worse and worse. And it's like a tree in autumn. The, 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 tree, the leaves begin to slowly turn brown. And then winter comes and there's, there's, there's no leaves on the trees and there's nothing pleasant to be found. 
You know, that's how, how sin is in our lives. It, it corrupts and it makes us worse and worse unless we nip it in the bud and, and we repent and get right with the Lord. But, but, but when God saves us and restores us, we become like a tree in summer, fully restored and healed, at peace with God, forgiven and unable to lead a holy life. Look at the, prodig- the prodigal son in chapter 15. Here, here's a boy who, or, or a young man who, who, who took his, all of his inheritance, he went away and lived a wicked lifestyle, turned his back on his family. But then when he came back in, re- in repentance, he was forgiven and restored to being a son. The father says in that parable, he says, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, God is gracious and loving. He's so gracious and loving that he wants to save the lost and restore those who have fallen. What does a famous passage say in John 3.16? It says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. God is willing not only to do this to Peter, to restore Peter, but he's willing to restore you and if you're not saved, to save you. It doesn't matter who you are or how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you return to God in repentance, through faith in Jesus Christ, then God will save you if you are not saved. And God will restore you if you are backslidden. But we must turn to him. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7-9 to says, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. In Jeremiah 3.22 we read the words, Return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. And these are just a few passages of scripture after scripture we find that, that God is calling, calling us to him, you know, to get right with him. He loves us and, and he wants to save us and restore us and keep us. And, you know, God is so, so good so, because, you know. So we've seen that the Apostle Peter was, he was overconfident and he underestimated the power of sin. And in doing so, he fell and denied the Lord. But the Lord graciously restores him and, and he recommissions him. From this part of Peter's life, we see the real dangers of sin and, 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 and that anybody can fall and that nobody is immune to falling. We see that steps must be taken in order to ensure that we don't fall. So we must guard our eyes and our mind and our, and our ears and, 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 you know, take every step to avoid falling into sin and, 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 and that we don't deny the Lord who bought us with his own blood. We learn that we must have a true heartfelt repentance, which is more than just a confession of sin, but is a total change of heart and mind. And we see that despite our sin and the mistakes that we make, if we turn to God through faith in Jesus Christ with a repentant heart, he will restore us. And if we are not saved, he will save us. In Joel chapter um, chapter 2, verses 25, you know, God says to Israel, he says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten up. And we can apply this to, to our lives, you know, that God's not only willing to re- restore Israel the years that the locusts have eaten, but, but, but you as well. And whether that's because of addiction or greed or lust or sexual immorality or any other sin, God can and will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. But we must turn to him. As I close, I'm just going to 
close with the words of the Apostle Peter, and this is, this is in, in his um, second, second epistle, and it's chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, and it says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. I'll just close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you've heard, heard every word that's been said, Lord. And you know everyone's hearts, Lord. You know all of us. And I do pray that, that you really, really help us, Lord, to apply this to our lives, Lord. That, that if we're walking with you, Lord, as, as I'm sure many of us are, Lord, if we're really walking with you, Lord, you help us to guard our lives, Lord. You help us to, to, to get rid of things that may cause us to fall and to sin. And that we draw close to you, Lord, in prayer and in your word. Really help us to, to apply this to our lives, Lord, and, and enable us to do so. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who who maybe does know you, Lord, but they're, they're, they're not in a good place or they've messed up, Lord. Please, Lord, draw close to them, Lord, and, and heal them, Lord, and restore them, Lord. Maybe nobody knows, Lord, just, just you and them, Lord. I do pray that you really, really do a work in their lives, Lord. If there is anyone here who does not know you at all, who's never given their lives, Lord, who's never bowed the knee, I do pray, Lord, that you save their souls, that you open their eyes, Lord, that you give them peace that passes all understanding, Lord, and assurance of forgiveness, Lord. And they'll know you as Saviour and King and Lord. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I do pray that as, this as, as the service continues, Lord, that you bless it, Lord, that your, your presence will be felt, Lord. And as we go, Lord, that we'll, we'll know you with us, Lord, guiding us and, and leading us, Lord. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.